You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Amen. Thanks, Mabel. So you can keep, you can work on your crossword puzzle. You can wave your palm branch as I um, share more about the story. Um, and then we're going to have time to, to talk back. And I, I hope to um, really hear your thoughts. If you feel up to sharing them tonight, we could actually hear from everybody in the room tonight, which would be great. Um, we human beings like to avoid suffering. As, as we know, um, I think some of us are more aware of this than others. Um, it's not always a bad thing. It's a survival thing. Um, uh, but Jesus calls, shows us how to get beyond just survival mode this week, how to get into a more expansive and free life with him that changes the world. Our avoidance of suffering can be funny at times. Um, I enjoy backpacking and being in the woods. And so um, thinking about a, a summer trip this week, I'm going to flip through all these guys here. Um, I was thinking about backpacking this week and um, planning for the summer, and I came across some comments that people had actually left to rangers on trails after a hike. And um, in a wilderness area. And some of these comments were, trails need to be wider so people can walk while holding hands. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. Too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the wilderness to rid the area of these pests. Please pave the trails so they can be snow plowed during the winter. Chairlifts need to be in some spaces so that we can get to wonderful views without having to hike to them. The coyotes made too much noise last night and kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. This is probably my favorite. A small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Is there a way I can get reimbursed? Please call. <laughs> Reflectors need to be placed on trees every 50 feet so people can hike at night with flashlights. A McDonald's would be nice at the trailhead. Can you believe that? The places where trails do not exist are not well marked. And finally, too many, right? And finally, too many rocks in the mountains. So I hate to pick on us Americans so much, but I think Americans really do love to avoid suffering. And, and sometimes we even feel entitled, entitled to not suffer. I think especially the older and whiter and richer you are in this country. And perhaps even worse, some American Christians have developed a whole theology to avoid suffering. I'm sure you've heard of the prosperity gospel or heard some of the ideas about on TV from televangelists about how God wants you to have that Learjet if you want it. Um, but I think the worst of our temptations probably come at a much more subtle level. Um, like all the 
just how normal it is to organize our lives to kind of serve ourselves. Um, and that they, those things aren't bad, but then they make it hard to organize our lives around God and serving others, which Jesus shows is the path to true and lasting freedom and joy. So it, it's a hard struggle to unlearn this um, as an American, especially. I feel it. And Jesus gives us inspiration today to embrace the better road, even if it involves hardship and suffering. So I hope you hear that inspiration from him today, some encouragement for that. Um, on, on this day, on Palm Sunday, we see him come to a pivotal moment of choice between the easy thing that people really want him to do and that he easily could do, and they even expect him to do it. It would be the thing that would feel good um, to be the earthly king and save his people from the Roman oppressors and then there's the better, harder thing that would demonstrate true love and free us all. And, and, and we know what that is that Jesus chose. But looking at this story this week gave me hope that we can keep choosing the better, harder thing in our lives. Like in all the little ways um, that we get to make decisions every day as we follow him. Um, I hope we hear some inspiration today to to um, that we can make those hard choices too. Now, contrary to how it may seem looking back on the story with what we know now, um, I don't think this was just an easy, like, in the bag kind of choice for Jesus. I think it's easy for us to look at Bible stories that way in hindsight, like to imagine that everything was just like, already laid out, and it was predictable, and it was inevitable, and people were just kind of going through the motions. But uh, in reality, there is like so much tension and struggle in this moment for Jesus and for the people around him. There's so much at stake, so much heartbreak and pain and possibilities in the different options. And Je Jesus is weighing them because he's human. We can even see him kind of arguing with himself in this moment in John in the account that we're going to look at together. He's, he's, he's conflicted um, because he loves these people and he wants to help them not suffer anymore and, you know, at the hands of the Romans. And they want that so badly, too, to be freed from their political suffering. And that's why they're calling him and they're waving palm branches in worship. I love the images of um, the triumphal entry, some of the artwork. Now the clicker won't let me click on it, Ash. I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor Ashley. Oh. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go back. Yep. To the one with the double picture. Thanks. Um, so it's like a, it's a really fest, festive scene. The Passover, it's a week before the Passover and all these people are coming into Jerusalem. They're like beloved city. And um, the Passover is the biggest festival of the year. And people had just seen Jesus raise a man from the dead. Um, Lazarus was just raised. And, and so many people suspect that Jesus is the Messiah. 
they've been list- probably more Jews believed on him this day than any other day before or since. They've been listening to him preach. They've seen miracles. Um, and so, and because of what he just did for Lazarus, their hope of what, of what um, he could do for them is like sky high. Um, because they think that the Messiah is going to deliver them um, from Rome. And all this like, all this hope is just coming through the surface. It's coming out of them and they're not holding back their praise. And for the first time ever, Jesus isn't stopping them. This is the first time ever that Jesus let people call him the king. And he just kind of um, goes with it in this moment for, for whatever reason, I guess to fulfill prophecy. And I'm sure, I'm sure that feels good because Jesus is human and it probably... It probably felt good on some level to get all this favorable attention and affirmation. You know, when you experience those good vibes, like you, you want to keep them coming. You don't want to do something to stop them. Can someone read to us this first part of the account in John 12? Nice and loud. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. So um, Jesus is really popular right now. He's, um, he is like viral. Um, and, and he's going with it, but he's also troubled. And we'll see that, we'll see that more um, in the rest of the chapter. He's troubled because he knows that they're waving and shouting for the miracle worker. Um, for the the idea of who they want him to be um, more than the suffering savior that he is. They're waving and shouting praises to the one that they, they want to be a mighty warrior and overturn the government. But they're missing the fact that he's on a little donkey. 
not a war horse, this humble symbol of peace. I really love Hachi's, um, the Chinese artist, Hichi, um, his, his rendition of this moment, because to me, it really looks like Jesus doesn't, is, doesn't really know what to do with all this attention. He is troubled by it, and the people are kind of glazed over. They're kind of like delirious and, and frenzied in their praise. And I think that's, that was all happening in this moment. Did you ever feel seen but not really seen? Like people sort of understood who you are, but not totally. I think Jesus knows what it's like to be misunderstood and partially known. Uh, he knows that feeling really well. The people think that they see him, but they don't really see him. They see what they want him to be. And uh, I, ca- I think that's a... I'm wondering about you, if you ever feel like that too, like people see what they want to see in you or like what you can do for them. I think Jesus understands that. They see a miracle worker who just raised a man from the dead, which means there's, there's no limit to what he can do. And they've been suffering under relentless government oppression for hundreds of years, longing and waiting and praying for a hero named Messiah who they think is going to win over their enemies and, and help them win. And who can blame them with what we know about the, brutal, the brutality of the Romans? Like, they were living with, like, daily violence, death, poverty, rape. Like, it was really bad. And, um, of course, they want to be rescued. And now they think Jesus is the one, and now they're getting more and more hype that this revolution is going to start right now. I'm a, I'm a big sucker for revolution, too. I love the Katniss Ever, Everdeen movies. Um, I can just hear the Les Mis anthem in my heart. Like, do you hear the people sing? These people are ready for a revolution, and they've literally been waiting hundreds of years for, for rescue. And so the pressure for Jesus to be who they want him to be in this moment is so intense and so real. Their hopes are up way high. And I'm sure that Jesus doesn't want to disappoint them because he loves them so much. And he wants to save them from all the terror they're experiencing. But he also wants to liberate the whole world from fear and oppression. You know, the kind of liberation that begins in the heart and moves outward to really change the world. And, and he knows that that's going to require all of his love, his whole self, and that, and that they're, they're not going to understand because it's going to be different from what they expect. I've often wondered how we go from like this cheering, worshipful crowd one day to a angry, murderous crowd of the same people like a couple days later. And I think... Um, I think we start to see the turning point on this day when Jesus has, in fact, this is the last moment of Jesus's public ministry. When he has the clarity, after what we just read, he has the clarity to um, 
resist the paparazzi. Remember Steve read that the Greeks were, were trying to um, talk to him? This is what he says um, instead to, to stay focused on his mission. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and died, dies, it only remains a single seed. And you can kind of read the rest if you want to um, while I'm talking. But Jesus really begins, I, I think, to kind of, um, not intentionally, but kind of crush their dreams here by predicting that his, his own death instead of the revolution that they want. And they're incredulous. They, you know, they don't want to see it. In fact, at the, if you read the last paragraph there, um, there, you know, he's talking about being lifted up from the earth, and they know what being lifted up from the earth is because the Romans crucified people every day. And they're like, and they're, and they're like, no, the, you, who is the son of man? They're hoping like he's talking about somebody else, not himself. Um, they don't want to see. They don't want to see this suffering. Jesus is or their own. And I think this is when people start turning on him in their hearts, when they start moving closer toward the situ situation that we're going to see later in the week when they're, when they're begging. These same people are begging for him to die. And I think that they turned on him so thoroughly because they were so deeply disappointed. When they realized that he wasn't going to succeed in the way that they wanted, they were, they were angry and heartbroken. Did somebody ever let you down so deeply that you just had to be done with them? I think this is how these people felt about Jesus. They couldn't hang in there and wait for some deeper understanding. And so Jesus is no doubt grieving on this day, even like in the midst of the praise and affirmation um, that he deserves. <laughs> he knows he's got, he, he has to hold it loosely. He knows he needs the strength and the affirmation from the Father more than anything. And he, get, he gets that there in the middle. The voice comes from heaven and says who he is um, to help him face the suffering ahead of him on our behalf. And so he finds the willingness to hold the tension. He moves forward in love, even in his grief and his own conflict. And I love, of course, how he talks about it in the smallest and most normal way possible, with a seed. All of Lent, we've been talking about this invitation to new life with seeds, how people are like seeds because of Jesus. I love hearing the kids run around. <laughs> um, invited to get into the soil of community, like we're painting here, where the Spirit can transform us in gentle ways together, the Spirit of God being like this mycelium network um, that helps to open our hearts and our lives Jesus has humbly put himself in the soil of the earth. And he's, a, he's like this seed about to break open through death. And he's telling people about it, even though it's really hard to understand, that if he undergoes this terrible process, it will be worth it. 
He doesn't ask God to save him from this hour. Even as he's arguing with himself, he comes to the conclusion, no, this is why I came. Why would I ask God to save me from it? This is my purpose. This suffering for love is creative. And it doesn't end with him. It begins a new world where death and bondage to sin isn't the final answer anymore for any of us. We have more options in this creative soil, but it does require our humility and our willingness to follow. A few months ago, I was feeling pretty torn apart by people uh, disagreeing with one another in our church. And a dear friend of mine said to me, what if, Rachel, what if you are like a seed that is breaking open instead of, instead of being torn apart, like you feel like you are being, what if you're breaking open? And I appreciated that so much. Breaking open like Jesus, like a seed, is more about willingness, trust, surrender to God, vulnerability with others. It's so painful. But with Jesus, we can be sure that it will bear fruit. It's all part of the process of becoming who we're made to be together. If Jesus had chosen the easy way and become this successful, um, if he'd done this victory march um, and become the king of the Jews in the way that his people wanted him to be, I think he would have broken apart instead of breaking open. He would, he would have fragmented himself, only serving one group of people rather than liberating the whole world like he was destined to do. You know, because he loved those Romans too, and all of us who need a savior. And so ironically, he kept his, he kept his seed self together by surrendering to this process of death and allowing himself to be broken open. What was revealed inside of him through the suffering was never-ending, limitless love. And I think that's what's inside of us, too, through the Spirit. And we can count on it to come out and change the world with Jesus if we, if we can keep trusting the process. It happens through, through this mycelium in gentle ways. And um, Mabel's going to give us a chance to keep painting on our, on our panels here. Maybe it'll go all the way to the ends by the time we're at um, next week after we go through Holy Week. But it happens in these little ways. I know Jesus is making a really big dramatic choice in this moment. Most of us aren't going to probably... Um, you know, have a, like, call to be actually martyred like this. But it happens for us, I think, um, these little choices that we get, that we have to, like, love, show love or not. Um, when we can ask for help or stay scared. <laughs> when we can give God our fears and insecurities and offer help to someone else. I think it's more about these little everyday choices that give us the opportunity to break open. Um, it's more about these little choices, I think, than it is about where we live or what job we have or if we find a romantic partner. 
those things can be significant, but I think they don't make or break this process we're in with Jesus. We're transformed by love, by learning to give it and receive it. And that's why I I believe that he gives the image of the seed for this transformation process because it's so common. We're we're probably not going to go to the cross, but we can... We probably all have planted a seed, and we know what that's about. It's everyday and basic. I love this um, quote from Henry Nouwen, who said this many years ago. I'm deeply convinced that the Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant and to stand in this world with nothing to offer but his or her own vulnerable self. That is the way Jesus came to reveal God's love. That comforts me because I'm really bad with marketing. Um, I really don't know how to get the word out about how great you all are um, and how great Jesus is so that more partners can be part of our movement. But in like five seconds last week, Jeff James whipped up this little logo and he said it's it's not ready for... He, he says it needs a, a designer to, um, to look at it, but I love it, and I'm showing it to you um, because I'm excited about the people God is making us to be as we are formed in the way of Jesus. The kingdom that he came to establish as he rode into Jerusalem on that little donkey was not what people wanted or, or expected, but it's exactly what the world needs some nonviolent resistance, some compassion, and justice. And so I hope you can join us this way as we we form, as we hopefully keep forming in Jesus' way through Holy Week. There's a way to engage every day. And Jimmy um, printed out some cards with all the times and locations. Um. They are opportunities to get closer to Jesus and to be seen and understood, even even for yourself, in ways that you might not have been before. You know, I think we get to know ourselves more as we get to know Jesus. Shauna always shows me that. Our hearts become enlarged to hold and serve and love, love the whole world with him. So let me pray for us before we keep worshiping. Lord, we see you today, and we are inspired by your choice. Help us to know that you see us even when we feel misunderstood. Give us courage not just to do what people want or expect of us, or what's easier, but to discern what's best. When we feel like we're breaking apart, break us open to your love and support from each other. Help us not to avoid suffering, but to embrace it like you for the greater good, for your purpose in love with all of creation. We ask in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.